for hearing and sharing the good news. All right, what's up, my church? How are we this morning? Awesome. Well, I hope you guys are fired up to be here. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And we have had a great morning all morning long with packed services today. Everybody's back from summer vacation. That is good. It's always fun to get a little vacay, a little time away. Before we dive in too far, I want to welcome all of our online. Can we give a big shout out to everybody watching live right now? That is awesome. That's one of our cool new things that we get to do at my church is have people who are a part of our church family that are all over the globe right now. Uh, I love having all of our military personnel who are here and there and everywhere able to listen online. Uh, last week we had almost double the amount of people that were here that were listening online. That is really awesome and cool. So glad to have you guys here this morning. Uh, how's everything going? You guys doing well? Yeah? I am really, really fired up this morning. Um, let me just do this. Because of the shot in the arm that I want to give us this morning with a subject that I am personally really wanting to grow in, uh, I want to back up and back off and just pray for a moment and ask God to speak to us. Because I think this is something that probably all of us wrestle with and need a little of encouragement on. So let me, let me pray for us real quick. God, I love you. And God, I pray in this next few moments as you are, we know, with us, Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts, open our, our, open our minds, open our eyes, uh, to the reality of you loving us, the, the, the massive amount of grace that you give us, the mercy that's, that you renew and open for us every day. And God, I pray for um, every person here, the man, the, the woman, the, the boy, the girl, uh, whether we come in this morning just sort of bruised up, maybe brokenhearted over something, uh, maybe, maybe giving you one last shot, one last try. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd, be, you'd be so powerful, so strong this morning, that we could walk away forever changed. We believe that's possible. Because you, you've, you've done things, you rose from the dead, and you've proven to mankind that you're a great God, a loving God, a powerful God. And so we surrender to you this morning. Open our hearts to you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, so I want to tell you a quick story. A story I heard years ago about uh, a family who had two twin boys. And one boy was like crazy, incredibly positive. There was nothing that anybody could do to get this kid down. And then they had one son that was like so whiny, so complaining, that it didn't matter what happened to him, he still whined and complained. So on Christmas, they decided to kind of play a joke on their kids. I don't know if parents, you've ever done something like this before, but we play jokes on my kids all the time. Right? It's just part of the right of being a parent, right? You get to do that, right? I'm in, we're in charge. So on Christmas morning, they decided to roll out the red carpet for the son who complained all the time. So literally, this kid shows up, he's by the tree, and he's just like eyes wide open. There's just like all the gifts have his name on it, and he's just shredding all the newspaper, all the you know Christmas wrapping paper. And just diving into all these gifts. And literally, they spent thousands of dollars on getting this kid, like, everything that a kid could ever want. I mean, they just, like, rolled out Toys R Us, and it showed up at his house. Like, every cool techno gift. I mean, like, the coolest new cell phone. Like, you know, it's just ridiculous. And when this kid got done with all his gifts, he looked around, and he complained about 
one of the gifts that was not the right gift and missing something else. And they were just like, oh my gosh, we got to figure something out. And all of a sudden, they, they hear in the background something thrashing around. And they look over, and their other son, he has dove into a massive pile of manure. And they're like, whoa, we didn't see this one coming. We thought we'd give this guy this awesome gift, this kid this terrible gift. But the positive kid literally dives into this manure, and he's scratching and clawing and stuff's flying everywhere. And they drag him out, and they go, what are you doing? He's like a pile of manure this big. There's got to be a pony in there somewhere. (laughs) I say all that because we started a conversation last week. And we said, as you look around today, it seems like you could quickly get so negative and so sideways with what's going on in the world. You can quickly fall into a trap and you can become so ungrateful for what we have thinking there's something I still miss. And so what we want to do, I want to dive into this conversation today. Number one, because personally, I'm, I'm not naturally an extremely grateful person. In fact, I've, I've committed to personally growing in this area. Uh, and so I, God's been working on me. I, I want to I share this with you this morning. I want to I look at a passage of Scripture this morning. We're going to talk about the idea of gratitude. Uh, God's Word um, says to us that if we, can, if we can grasp something even beyond the concept of gratitude, but really grasp what we have to be grateful for, leverage that gratitude in our hearts and lives, it transforms us. Like even psychologists say that if you are grateful, gratitude is the key to open all of the other positive values that we want. Like so the key to happiness, the key to joy, really starts with this idea of gratitude. So if you got a Bible this morning, I want you to look at Luke Matthew, Mark, Luke, that's the third book in the New Testament. If you're new to Bible study, uh, you got the Old Testament and you got the next half that's the New Testament. Uh, if you don't have a Bible this morning, maybe someone will share one. We also have, we got worship guides this morning. I think we call these little paper things like a worship guide. We got those. We got some notes in those today. So if you want to follow along, fill in the blanks. We'll also have verses up on the screens. But in Luke, there's a story told about Jesus. And and some guys who have something incredible that happens to them, but only one of them comes back and is grateful for what he's had happen to him. So dive in Luke chapter 17. Here we go. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, it says how many men? Oh, no, it's not working for me this morning. Y'all going to have to jump. How many men? Ten ten men. Mm. All right. Ten men who had leprosy met him. Now, people with leprosy don't meet people. So you'll read in just a second. They didn't actually come in contact with Jesus. They laid way, way, way back off because culturally speaking, if you were a person with a disease of leprosy, um, you, you couldn't come in contact with anybody. So if you, if you ever ran into a leprous person, which there are today in different countries, that this is still a major issue for a lot of people, a leprous person has to, 
has to show up and has to shout, I have leprosy. I've got this disease. They've got to tear their clothes. They've got to make sure everybody around them knows they've got this issue, and they've got to stay far, far away. In fact, most leprous people would not have come in contact with people, anybody, have any relationship with anybody for years at a time. So not only were they really socially depressed people, but physically um, they had the, the, these sores on their body that were literally eating away at their body. It stunk. It was like their body was rotting. The, a leprous person could go to bed and wake up the next day and be missing a finger. It would fall off. Things would stink so bad, and this is gross, there would be rats involved. How many of you guys like rats? How many of you guys wish I'd never even said that word, right? My wife was here this morning. She freaks out over mice or rats. And not saying we ever played jokes on her before, but she doesn't like those very much. All right, so, so all of a sudden there's ten men. All ten men have leprosy. They meet Jesus, but they stand at a distance. And they call out in a loud voice because they're so far away. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Basically saying, we think you're this guy. We hope you're this guy. We, we have a level of belief. Would you help us? So essentially, they're so bad off. They, they're, they're, they're shouting at the top of their lungs, asking this man, which we know it's a God in Abad, will you help us? Can you do something for us? Jesus moved with compassion. Um, does this in verse 11. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, it says they were cleansed. So they believe, and as they went, all of a sudden, their skin cleared up, leprosy's instantly gone, years of struggle, years of like social just depression, having no relational you know, nothing relational going on in their lives. They get excited. And it says they were cleansed. And one of them, in verse 13, 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, like he checked himself out, he's like, oh my gosh. When he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. Not ashamed, not like, you know, I mean, just think about, he's radically different. Like, just something... A picture like a struggle in your life that you've had forever, like the law, like you can you can't know yourself anything. You can't, you don't know yourself. You don't know who you are apart from that struggle. Well, this guy has had his life transformed. He comes back and he is just praising God in a loud voice, and he's so so excited that he throws himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And also, he was a Samaritan person, so that was also like a double whammy. Um, he was leprous. And he was a Samaritan person, which was like double the I can't get close to this guy who's Jewish, Jesus. So Jesus all of a sudden asks, um, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one has returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner. So you've got this story. Nine guys get completely healed by Jesus. Only one guy. Only guy, one guy, shows up and says, thank you so much for what you've done. So ten lies radically transform, and only one comes back and shows gratitude. Now, this morning I want to say this. I am personally committed to being that guy. My hopes today is that we would commit to be that kind of guy. 
One, one, in a personal, personal way, it transforms our hearts. And two, I think, I think this, this idea of gratitude, I think it has the power to transform everybody around us. Just think about right now in America, if everybody was grateful for where they were, what they had, and wasn't dreaming and just longing for everything and everywhere else. What would it look like in our world right now? I mean, we've had some crazy stuff going on, right? Just the other night, my wife is picking up my daughter at the Atlanta airport at like midnight, and I'm calling saying, whoa, 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 wait a second, don't drive home just yet. I hear there's like some riot on I-85, and I don't know where it's at. <laughs> and they're, they're, they've like, hundreds of people apparently are on the highway, you know, maybe a peaceful demonstration, I don't know, but, you know, and so, long story short, it was, she was, airport was south of where that was, but I'm just thinking, there's a whole, it's like, there's an art form these days of, of our society just complaining about everything. I mean, it seems like, as Americans, we're so unhappy and so unsatisfied about everything, that everywhere you go, it seems like, I mean, I hear this all the time. I, I do it myself. Like, man, the weather's so hot. Anybody said that? Anybody, anybody thinking that right now? It's kind of hot in here, isn't it? <laughs> it's too hot, right? And then we say what? It's too cold. And then when it rains, it's like it's too wet. And when it's not raining, it's too dry. I mean, like people in Southern California probably complain, oh, it's too perfect, right? I mean, so here's, here's these guys. Ten radically transformed, but only one, one is thankful for what has happened to him. And you know, that guy walks away, and he really gets the most out of that whole experience. He comes in contact with Jesus. He understands the master did this for him. He, he understands, I didn't do this, he did this. And all of a sudden, man, this guy is transformed because of, because of it. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you three statements today. Statements that I want us to walk away from, and I want us to declare these statements. I want us to say them. I want us to, to, uh, I want us to get to such a place where we leverage these every day of our life because I believe that God can transform us in this idea of being great, grateful. So let me give you the first statement. It's in your notes. I know every good thing I have comes from God. Will you just say that real quick with me? I just want to start out by saying this. I know that every good thing I have comes from God. I think as we say this, we begin to grasp that it is factual, that it is truth. Our heart and attitude changes. James says this in his book that he writes, every good and every perfect gift is from where? It's from God. I think we forget that. I think most of us, as we excel in life, we excel in leadership, we excel in you know, being self-aware of who we are and how God's made us, and we leverage the gifts He's given us, it's easy for us to sort of think, I did this. But we've got to know the truth of the matter. The truth is every, not some, but every good and perfect gift is from above. From above. The person in my life who is the greatest role model, role model of this is my niece, Jen Barrett. If you've been here long enough, you've seen my wife's sister's family um, share their story of being in a tragic accident. They were hit by a drunk driver. Um, guy 
got pulled over by a police officer, fell asleep at the wheel. Police officer comes up. He's, he's uh, asleep. He walks back to his car to radio it in. This guy takes off and then crushes my family. They all went off to different hospitals. This was like six or seven years ago. My brother-in-law, Andy, goes to the hospital an hour away. My, um, my sister-in-law, Linda, is at a different hospital. Their daughter, Jen, goes an hour away north to Charlottesville, Virginia. And then Josh goes to another hospital, all in different hospitals. Jen walked away with the most severe um, repercussions of this accident. She walked away physically damaged, and, and she had major brain damage. So now fast forward years later, I mean, God's done some incredible things in Jen's life. I mean, this girl has gone from like, I mean, she, she knew God, loved God, but now she's like, now she's like, I love Jesus. And when you see Jen, you look at her and you want to feel sad and sorry for her because she is so handicapped. I mean, she has a lot of irritations, like uh, weather just really, really affects her skin. Her brain just is not controlling things normally. So she has to really, really battle. She has to really work hard at a lot of stuff. But when you see Jen, you want to feel sorry for her. But when you see Jen, you can't feel sorry for her because she's got something you want. She is unbelievably, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. She's unbelievable, unbelievably happy. And she's grateful. So we'll, we'll talk to her and she'll say, oh, life is good. Life is good. Uh, and literally every time we see her, we see her literally saying life is good, life is good, life is good. She is just really one of the most positive people I know. The other day we were, we were talking to her. We got to see her this summer. And we said, Jen, why are you so, why are you so happy? She's like, why, why wouldn't I be? And we're thinking we're, thinking we're going to have a conversation with her, maybe try to encourage her with some of the, some of the struggles she has. Like we're going to, you know, counsel or encourage. And she's like, what do I have to worry about? We're like, no, 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 let's talk about some of the struggles you have. She's like, life is good. We couldn't get her to go there. We could not get her to whine to us so we could encourage her. She says, what do I have to complain about? Jesus saved me. I was such a terrible sinner. I'm like, no, you weren't. You were a really pretty good girl. She's like, I was such a terrible sinner. God saved me. He completely forgave me. I have incredible parents. She goes, life is good. And we just walked away going like, oh, my gosh, that is it. That is it. She's that one that came back and said, you know what? I've got much to be thankful for. She's that one. I want to be that one. I want to have that, and I think that is the thing that transforms the rest. The truth is, everything good we have comes from God. God is a good, good giver of great things. Think about this kind of like if you know some history of the Bible. I'll rattle off a few things that, that, I, that I thought of. God gave Noah a plan for the ark. God gave Noah the ability to build that ark and to save his family. That's a gift. God gave the Israelites bread from heaven in the morning and fire by night. God gave David, David a stone to kill the Goliath. God gave the Virgin Mary the faith to obey and give birth to Jesus. All right, that was, that was a gift. God gave the wise, man, the wise men a star to lead them. God gave us, think about this, God gave them that. What did God give us? God gave us Jesus. God gave us like the Lamb of God. God gave us like the Savior of the world. 
God gives us the Holy Spirit to encourage us, to empower us, to convict us, to guide us, to help us. God gives you His Word to guide you. God's given you, at any level, a level of health. We have much to be thankful for. God gave you friends. God gave many of you homes. God gave you guys cars, right? All you've got to do is but go overseas one time. One time. And, and, and to go to places that are, you know, out of reach places. And find someone who knows Jesus. Who has much less than you. And but be around them for one minute and you'll go, oh my gosh, that's that guy. That's that leprous person. That's that gratitude that I want. So we've got to understand that God is completely good. God is constantly good. God is unchangeably good. God will never not be good. God could never be less than good because everything our God does is good. God is good. God is good. That's the truth. So when we embrace this, when we really embrace this, what it does, it changes our attitude. It, it literally changes us. Attitude, the attitude of gratitude instead of the attitude of entitlement. So I know every good thing I have comes from God. I know every good thing I have comes from God. Second thing is this. I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. Say that with me. I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. See, I don't know what you want, but I bet there's a mental list. <laughs> I know I got a mental list. It's always, I, got, I want more. Here's what's crazy. We have like, how many of you guys have an awesome cell phone? Just, you got a cell phone. But how many of you guys, you have an awesome cell phone, but you're going to upgrade that cell phone, right? Only in America do we have good devices that work perfectly fine that we're going to upgrade, right? We all have a mental list. Every one of us has a mental list. Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 6.9, better... And I think this is a powerful verse. Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Better. Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. Better what you have than what you want. Better what you have now than what you want. Better. Better is what you have now than what you want. Better what's in front of you than what you're longing for. Better to embrace what God has given you than to always want more. Better. I will not let what I want rob me of what I have. Some of you, you have an incredible spouse. Some of you don't. You have a lousy spouse. All right, we're not going to talk about that. No. You have, if you're married, God gave you that marriage. Some of you, I've been around you before. I want to run from some of these conversations sometimes because you whine and you complain about your spouse. You want a great spouse? Be grateful for your spouse. See what they do with that. Well, you don't know my spouse. I don't have to know your spouse. I know Jesus. I know what gratitude does. Gratitude does this. Gratitude changes what goes on around you. Let me show you this. Gratitude turns what we have 
This is powerful. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. It's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people who are happy. You see this every day. When you rub shoulders with someone who's happy, you know how they are happy? They're happy because they're grateful. It's not happy people who are grateful, but grateful people who are happy. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Paul said this in Philippians 4. For I have learned. I mean, right there we could stop. For he has learned. It, it's For most of us, it may not be natural. You might have had just very... You might have been raised in an environment where everybody complained. And, it, and it's just like kind of pre-wired in you. But Paul says, I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. He's just learned. It was learned through the hand of God and the power of gratitude. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry Paul Paul starved there was there was times that Paul Paul was beat he was he was I mean he had he was he was in prison and he starved he was hungry so whether living in plenty or in want he says this I and here's the key I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength my favorite verse in all the world, it's in Hebrews, it says, His power is made perfect in my weakness. So the times that I, I grapple with, I'm just being dadgum whining and complaining. All of a sudden I realize, when I'm weak, it's God's chance to be strong. It's my chance to be strong through Christ in the midst of my weakness. God wants to leverage our weakness. He wants to leverage the times where you're withering, you're wilting. He wants to leverage those moments to lead you back to Him. That's our mission statement of our church. Helping people find their way back to God. So, we're not perfect. We're never going to get this gratitude thing perfect, but in the moments when we are, that's the moment where God's going, hey, 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 remember what I've done for you. Right now in this moment, I want to take that weakness, I want to turn it into a strength through me. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Third one is this. No, 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 let me say one more thing about this passage. Until Christ is all you have, you may never know that Christ is all you need. So there are those times... When God allows us and affords us some bumps in the road. So we'll get to the place that we really do realize, wow, I thought I needed that. But really all I needed was Him. And that's a powerful moment that God wants to shift this idea of gratitude in our hearts. Number three, I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. Say that with me. As, and let's just, let's just let's just do this. It's the last point. I want you to declare that today. Some of you need to say this out loud for yourself and maybe some people around you. Here we go. Number three. I will turn every blessing into a praise. Did I say it wrong or did you say it wrong? Did I say it wrong? I, I, me? I'm, I'm perfect. All right, one more time. 
I'll, you know, you said it right. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. I'll turn every blessing I have into praise. David said this. Psalm 63 says, I will praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. David, he's a guy that's held up in a cave. Right? He's been on the run. He's had Saul trying to kill him. He's had someone who, who he loved betray him. I mean, have you guys ever experienced betrayal before? They say betrayal is one of the, the deepest wounds you could have emotionally. Someone who you love, who you thought loved you, now severed that relationship and they are disloving you. They're against you. They almost maybe hate you. David says in these kind of moments, I will praise you as long as I live. He declares that. And in your name, not, on, not in my name, not on my ability, his powers made perfect in my weakness, and in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. He's probably eating cockroaches in a cave. I don't know. I'm sorry, today's a disgusting mo morning, I know. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. We, uh, we were blessed this summer to go on a, a road trip. We drove 24 hours to Colorado in my pickup truck. My family of five. We even borrowed some of your DVD players to help us on that long trip. Along the way out there, we, I, I'm the world's worst at envisioning how I want something to go. I mean, I, I lay in bed and I dream about how we're, I'm going to show my kids the greatest trip of all times. But I'm also the world's worst. If it's not going that way, I mean, I get sideways. Like, so I was, I was getting on to the kids in the car and I was like, that, no more whining. You know, we have like a no whine policy. So it's like the kids are like, okay, yeah, dad, here he goes again. No more whining. But really, essentially, I'm mad. So I'm kind of like, I'm whining also. I'm just whining about them whining. So they're in a funk, I'm in a funk, everybody's in a bad mood. So I remembered a friend of mine had told us about this song, this country song that I had heard. And so I was like, Christy, find that on my, on my playlist. And it's this song by a guy named Chris Ledoux, he's a country singer, that sings and he says, I got a $5 fine for whining, right? <laughs> Better sung than I just sang. But he, he sings that, I got a $5 fine for whining, and, he, and it goes on, and it, it, that kind of gets to this chorus, right, where he says, I got a $5 fine for whining. So I came up with a rule in the car. We'd already, we'd already given the kids, like, okay, on this trip, you're each going to get 20 bucks, and whenever we stop, any, you know, souvenirs you want to get, or, you know, you want to get an ice cream, here's 20 bucks, right? This is just your money, right? Whatever you want to do is yours. So each kid had 20 bucks. So I made a rule that... Whenever someone whined in the car, including me, including mom, right, you're going to lose five bucks. It's going to go to the pot. I know that's so harsh, isn't it? Gosh, that's terrible parenting. I'm not saying take this advice, right? But I, we were like, all right, you whine, you lose five bucks. However, if you can sing the song really awesome, and like, and like change your attitude while you're singing this song and you can like turn that frown upside down. We couldn't vote as a group. If you sang it well, we can give you five bucks back. Right? Come on. We're good. I like it. Right? So 
we did that for a while. It was fun. But it was just kind of like, oh, we were so ready to get out of the car. So fast forward, we're in the vacation, and uh, we played that game for a while. And we're on this hike, and it is the steepest hike of all time. So we're uh, hiking up this mountain called Fairview Peak. And it is like a 3,000, 4,000 uh, elevation gain in a very short distance. I mean, it's like a mile hike. You would think maybe like a six-mile hike. You know, but it's a mile hike, so it's like straight up. And we're still just totally, you know, not climatizing all too well to the altitude. Um, we're, we're walking 10 feet and just, and just like, oh, where's the oxygen up here, right? So we're complaining. We're whining. You know, it's tough. We're like, I'm going like, come up, but we're the Murphys. We can do this. And, it's, and I'm starting to get frustrated at them, and they're frustrated at me. So it, it's not the best of days. And so we're actually in the middle of kind of like a race, too. And it's a race to the top. We're trying to make this fun. And all right, whoever wins to the top, you, you get to pick whatever ice cream afterwards. In fact, we get two ice creams afterwards for the winner. And so here it is. JD's, JD's up ahead of everybody. I mean, I, he's like smoking us, right? And I'm like, heck, I'm that little rascal. I can't keep up with him. I'm like, JD, hey, uh, hold up just a second. Let me tell you something. So He's, he's like, he's not buying any of my stuff. He's ahead. So finally, I'm starting to think, all right, now, J.D., you've won. You know, I'm not going to beat you. And I think he's still thinking that I'm just trying to play jokes on him. So eventually, he keeps going up the mountain. And I keep saying, J.D., seriously, don't get where I can't see you. Now, this mountain, when you climb up this, it's all like a boulder field. We're above tree line. There's no trees around. And there's snow, there's snow caps. So we're literally getting up to where it's snow capped, tip top, top of the mountain, like cliffy type mountain. So I remember being on the, when we were on the bottom, I've never been to the top of this mountain before. At the bottom, you can see the ridge. It's like a peak that goes like all the way around to another mountain range. So as we're climbing up this, all of a sudden, JD goes out of sight. And so I yell to him, JD, JD, where are you, JD? I don't hear from JD, so I start hustling, going, man, where's my boy at? Where's my boy at? So I look back at Christy, and I say, can you guys see him? Because Christy was a little ways behind me. And so I, can you see JD from down there? And she's looking, and she can't see him, and I'm, I'm now starting to panic. Because I know from what I remember seeing off at a distance about this mountain, it's a peak, and it's nothing but snow. So I'm thinking, if I can't see him, he's at the ridge. He's at the top now. And he is, he is slid off the other side. That's why I can't hear him. So I, I, my heart, like you got to feel me for just a second. My heart sinks. Like I, I go into like straight daddy protection panic mode. I, I yell so long and so hard trying to get my breath so many times. I, I lose my voice for 30 minutes, 30, half an hour. We can't find J.D. And I, and I physically am, am just so mad that I can't physically now get to wherever he's at fast enough. He's got not far ahead of me, and I physically, I'm just, I'm just like, I can't even breathe to get up there. And I'm, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. Ash is now with me, and she's hustling. Allie's screaming. She's running, and we're still, it's just straight up. We can't get to JD. Half an hour goes by, and I don't know if I go up this straight trail to JD or the correct trail, because he's missed the trail, that we'd end up at the same spot. So we, we hustle. We finally get up to the top, and all of a sudden he comes walking up, and he 
pulling his pants up. So I'm like, son, where have you been? I'm like, Dad, I go to the bathroom, right? And I, I didn't you hear us? No, I didn't hear you. Well, all of a sudden, I mean, that emotion, we just left it all behind, right? That fear that I, I lost my son, and we just hugged, we cried. We got a picture. Let me show you. This, this doesn't always happen with the girls and the boys, but we got this picture of us on the top of the mountain hugging. And that was like, like, I don't care you know, what you've whined about, we love you, right? And we, and I, we got up to the top of there, and I, I wept like a baby. I literally thought, I have lost my son. Is there, is there another photo I gave too? Is there two? Video, we're going to skip the video. Oh, well, you know what, you want to see a funny video? All right, so it really doesn't fit the story, but this is a video. This is kind of just how the Murphys roll. Um, kind of got to wait for it here, but this is, this is us. This is our excitement about us now having JD back. Wait for it. Wait for it. And the fact that we made it to the top of the mountain. We're on top of the world. JD, where are we at? What mountain is this, JD? I don't know. How high is it? Check this out. That, that, that's where I thought he'd slipped off, right there. So all where that snow is is where we climbed up. That is That tower is the highest tower in the continental U.S. as a fire lookout. So you can drop that. So here's what I want to do. I want to do a quick exercise just for a moment. Um, and I want, I want you to think of something that you have that's extremely valuable. Your mom, your dad, your wife, your child. I want you to think about, seriously, exercise this was for just a moment. Think about something you have that you love that's valuable to you. And I want you to pretend just for a moment that all of a sudden it's been taken from you. You lost it. You lost your mom, found out your husband's got cancer. Uh, You love your car, maybe it's the, the, the car that you, you dreamt of and all of a sudden you just crashed it and like your heart just sunk, right? And all of a sudden, you're, you're all of a sudden, you're, you know, you're, you're what? You're very, very, you're longing for what you've lost. Now, I want you to pretend you just got it back, <laughs> right? Does that feel good? You feel good? All right, you just got, you just got your car back. You just, your mom, your, 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 your husband or your wife, they, they just had cancer. Now they don't have cancer. I mean, you're partying. You thought you lost your son. Now you got him back. What changed for us on that mountain was just our perspective. Nothing changed. We hadn't even lost J.D. He was just doing business somewhere else, okay? <laughs> so much of this is how is our perspective, When you can look at what you truly have, you will be grateful for it. When you can remember that what you have is a good gift from God, all of a sudden it just changes everything. We had the best vacation after we thought we lost JD. (laughs) I dropped all expectations of how we were going to hike and what it was going to feel like and look like. I was just, I was content. I was just grateful that we had them. 
And I hugged and kissed on that boy for hours after that, and I just cried and said, Daddy would have died if I would have lost you. You can complain all you want. You can whine all you want. No, no $5 fine for whining anymore. Nobody, right? Ice cream for everybody. We just, we just celebrated that we had each other. See, here's the thing. When it comes to Jesus, what he wants from us is this. I'll turn every blessing I have into praise for him. Because if you don't turn that blessing back to praise, you know what it turns into? Pride. If we don't turn our praise back to him, it turns to pride. Somehow we start thinking, I did this. Somehow we start thinking, I made this happen for me. No, you did not. Somebody gifted you to be able to do that. I'll turn every blessing I have back to praise. And suddenly you start thanking God for what you have. God, I was so tired of my car, but now I'm thankful. My house was so small, but man, I got AC. (laughs) The house was always a wreck, but I'm thankful I've got kids. I don't like my job, but, but you know what? I've got one. Always busy, always busy with kids, but you know what? They're healthy. Psalms, David says this in Psalms, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good thing He has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. I know every good thing I I have comes from God. I will not let what I want rob me from what I have. I will turn every blessing I have to praise. I want to be that guy. I want to be that one person. If nobody else does, I want to be that guy that says thank you for how God's already blessed. Not what I want, but what I have. Let's pray. Lord, I just... I just thank you in this moment, God, that we have you. God, we have been, we have been forgiven. God, I, 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 I just feel like I need constant forgiveness, God, but I thank you for what you did on the cross that forgave me once and for all. God, you completely sacrificed everything for us. God, I I, I pray that that you would open our hearts today. Help us to absorb this attitude of gratitude. God, I pray that we would turn every every good gift, every bit of praise, God, let let us point that and be thankful to you. God, let us remember what we have in you. God, let us just remember that we have you. God, you're the greatest gift of all. But God, you continue to shower us. God, we have, so many of us, we have homes, we have houses, we have shoes, we have, we have places we can drive and go get food What someone else prepares for us. God, I, I praise you for our life. God, I praise you for our salvation. God, I praise you for this church. God, I praise you for our spouses and our friends. God, I pray that today you would transform us and allow us to bring you glory 
And I pray, God, that every person that we come in contact in this city and abroad would see something different in us. God, I pray that they would see our joy. They would see our happiness. God, we know that it comes from an attitude of gratitude. Leverage it to bring us back to you. To close in the gap in that relationship. God, today we, we say thanks. In your precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you guys to stand up as we close in this last song. And if you are uh, been around here for a little while or if you're new, um, we've changed the whole offering bucket pass thing that churches do. Um, it's not that we don't still receive tithes and offerings. We just, as a church, because we are so positioned to go after people who are far from God, we don't want you bringing guests and friends, and we've got a packed house today and earlier this morning. We don't want you, we don't want guests. If you're guests today, this is really kind of for you. We don't want you to feel obligated. So we're not passing buckets these days. However, many of you ask, well, how do we give? How do we support? How do we help continue what God's doing here? Well, we have several ways to give. There's, we've got a text way. We've got an online way. Um, we even have some cool little lit boxes on the walls over here. If you're kind of old school still, not, that's not a negative. It's okay. You can go old school. Write a check. Um, but I, I want to say this. So many of you guys have been traveling this summer. Thank you for being generous. Thank you for remembering your church. Thank you for allowing us to continue to do what God is leading this family to do. And I, I, I really genuinely want to say thank you. You've, you. You are allowing us to really make a difference. Whether you see it, or whether we announce it from stage or not, every week, every week, many people through our church and outside of our church are, are making Jesus the leader and forgiver of their life. Many of your friends and mine have heaven because of what you do in your generosity. So thank you for that. So I'm going to close with some prayer. We're going to lift this up in this last song. God, we love you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Amen.